Would you make a joyful noise? Would you make a joyful noise? Come on, would you lift him up? Would you welcome in a new season with your praise? Would you awaken the dawn this morning with your praise? Would you declare God is worthy? He is King. He is Lord. Oh, we praise you, Jesus. Oh, come on, ladies. You're allowed to be loud. And here's the thing. For some of you, to be loud is to violate every fiber of your being. Can I challenge you this morning? Then let it be violated. Because the Word of God calls it a sacrifice of praise. So it's got it's to violate something to be a sacrifice. Something's got to die. Perhaps it's pride. Perhaps it's insecurity. Perhaps it's fear. Perhaps it's anxiety. Perhaps it's hopelessness. Oh, I just can't even muster a praise this morning. But can I encourage you with this, that it is our praise that makes us enter into the presence of the Most High God. Too many times, too many times we stand on the outside looking in and we wonder why. Oh God, I want that breakthrough. God, I want that friendship. God, I want that healing. And He says, well, come on into my presence. But we've got to know to get access, we've got to praise. We've got to be women who know how to praise. We've got to be women who have a praise in our spirit. And says, God, I don't know what's going on, but I know you're good. God, I don't have the answers, but I know you've got the answers. Would you praise Him this morning? Would you praise Him this morning? You're so good, God. We lift you up, Jesus. We honour you, Father. band, you've got to help me out this morning. I can't have the groovy music. I've got to have the praise music, okay? We need the praise music. We need a little bit of grunt, a little bit of stuff. Come on, Isaac, don't laugh at me. He's like, crazy woman, stop yelling at me. Give the band a hand. They're doing a great job. Hey, this morning, heaven is set to move on your behalf. This morning, I'm convinced, I believe it. I believe that for those of you who have been asking and asking and asking, God, I need you to come. I need you to break through in Jesus' name. Heaven is set to shift now on your behalf. But we cannot be people that just stand on the outside and just say, God, would you just do it all for me? Because God would like you to be a conduit in your own miracle. God would like you to take part in your own breakthrough because it is then that we are empowered Otherwise, we're spoiled brats. Otherwise, we think we're doing warfare, but what we're actually doing is throwing a tantrum. Right? And we can't be women who throw tantrums. We've got to be women of childlike, not childish faith childlike. Come on, God, I'm demanding. Are you going to do it now? Will you do it now? Will you do it now, God? I'm ready for it now. I'm asking again and again and again and again, God, I'm going to annoy you, God. I am going to, you know, children, auntie, because I don't have any children, I have a niece. Auntie, will you play with me? No, Caden. 
Auntie, will you play with me? No, Caden. Auntie, will you play with me? No, Caden. Auntie, will you? No, Caden. Auntie, will you play with me? Yes, Caden. Right? Come on, that's childlike faith. Childlike faith. That's just, come on, God, will you do it now? Will you do it now? It's my 500th equipper. <laughs> right? God, would you do it now? God, is it now? God, is it now? Is it now? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? I'm pretty sure if I just keep asking, you're going to give it to me at some point. Not, oh, I'm just going to throw a tantrum and sit in the corner. I'm going to take myself out of the game until you move, God. No, come on. Let's mature this morning. Come on, heaven, move on my behalf. Come on, God of God of, of, of healing. Come on, God of breakthrough. Good, good, Father. We thank you, heaven is open. Heaven is open, God, and we're reaching out. Your daughters, your children, would you move on our behalf this morning? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, high five someone, then take a seat. I'm just going to apologize in advance. No, it's not it's no real apology, is it? I'm just I'm so excited this morning. And when I get excited, I get loud. So rest assured, I'm not growling anyone. But what I am is very excited because for too long I think women have been bound. I think for too long women of this nation who were born pioneers, women of this nation who were born with a little bit more grit. Women of this nation who are strong, women of this nation who have a voice, I think for too long, it, it has been bound up, it has been silenced. For too long, I think we have embraced the wrong thing. For too long, we've embraced a gender role that God never intended for us. I think for too long, we've allowed culture to define what woman, what wife, what young lady, what daughter means. For too long, it's been, we've allowed it to be defined by everything and everyone else. And this morning, I believe God is going to correct that narrative and that we're going to learn to embrace what it is to be women of God in Jesus' name because I am tired of the narrative. I, sister is brown. I'm tired of the narrative. I'm tired of the overwhelming statistics. I'm tired of that evidence that says, this is the neat little package that women should be in. And so I'm on a mission just personally. God, I wanna know who you've called me to be. God, as a woman, what does that look like? Oh man, life just got a little bit more complex after I got married. I was like, man, this wife thing. It's, what, what is that? You know, all of a sudden I have to ask permission for things. What? Oh my gosh. I was just, we used to just go shopping before. Now I have to ask permission. This is so weird. Thing, things like that, like, I don't, is that, is that really the way it's supposed to be God, or can I just go? Because it's been working really well for 29 years. 
Can I just go? Okay. Come on, God, I need you to tell me what does it mean to submit? Right? What does it mean, God, to when you say, wives, submit to your husband? The S word. And I'm beginning to learn what it is that actually submission is incredibly empowering. It's empowering for the people around me. It's empowering for me when I submit. But for too long, I think, you know, the burning of the bras era, a little bit too far. I don't know about you, but I need my bra. (laughs) I gotta have that thing. I'm like, whose idea was that? Obviously an A cup. Right? I'm like, man, there's no way that is going down, man. You know how much those things cost? Jeez. (laughs) But truly, truly, I think sometimes feminism has gone way too far and it's become anti-masculinity. Who run the world? Girls, shut up. No, we don't. No, God has called man and woman together, together, together to rule and reign and have dominion. No, together. And so this morning, I pray that after this session, you know how empowered you are in an even greater way. I pray that you choose this morning to embrace the role, a few of the things that God has said, man, this is what I've designed for my daughters. This is what I've designed for women. This is what I want my daughters, part of what I want my daughters to be like. This is in no way comprehensive and and the entirety of it all. But this, I believe, is part of the revelation God has given me for this nation on this tour. So in Jesus' name, I pray your heart would receive it and we're gonna have a good time. Yes, okay. So, um, can I just preface this with, I've never really been one to be like, go girls, Spice Girls. I've always been one to be like, can someone please open this jar for me? Someone please change my tire. Can someone please do all of those things? Not because I can't do them, I just don't want to. (laughs) Can I open my jar? Yes. Can I change a tire? Yes. Can I do all of those things? Yes. Do I have to? No. I have to do it. Do I have to open my own door? No. So why should I? (laughs) Right? I love that. When my husband says, Esther, can I open the door for you? I say, you sure can. No way does it disempower me. I can open my own door. Right? You know, my husband's the cook in our family. Thank God. I actually know that I'm a better cook than him. Don't tell him. But I'm really happy that he thinks he's better than me. I'm, re- I'm like, honey, you just cook. Oh, babe, you just cook those meals. You know, people come over. He's like, Esther, stay out of the kitchen. I'm like, sweet as. Pass me that bottle of wine. I'll be serving our guests. Thank you. I'm happy for that. But again, 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 I pray this morning we're gonna have lots of fun and we're gonna hear some things from heaven in Jesus' name that will bring freedom and release and and joy because remember the joy of the Lord is our strength. 
is our strength. Um, and, and so in Jesus' name, um, I, I am convinced that there's actually been an assignment for the annihilation of empowered women. I think the enemy has been on assignment. And as I've been traveling uh, with uh, Pastor Kathy and Pastor Helen around this nation, and as I'm speaking with women and opening up dialogue and, hey, how's it going? How's life? And what can I pray for? And how I'm praying and how the Holy Spirit is leading, it is really obvious that there is an assignment for the annihilation of God's daughters in this nation. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, enough. No, enough. I don't have kids, but I will have kids one day. One day, don't get excited, calm down, okay? Jeez, I was like, is my mom here? <laughs> one day we will have kids, and if I have a daughter, I want to ensure that I do everything I can to eliminate this assignment so that my daughter will grow up and know freely what it is to be a daughter of the Most High King. And I think, women, we need to understand we are actually critical, critical, critical in God's eyes for the deliverance of this nation. We are critical that God says, come on, girls, come on, daughters, you are a critical conduit in his plan for a nation's redemption, for a nation's revival. You are critical. Women are critical. How do I know this? Because there was this one time in the Bible where God delivered a whole nation, a whole nation at one time from slavery to freedom. And do you know who prepared the way? Women. Oh, you thought I was talking about Moses. Uh-uh, I'm talking about women. It was women that prepared the way for the deliverer to come. It was women that, that, that made it possible for the deliverer, the solution, to be able to come to a nation. It was women. Do you know the first two chapters of Exodus, the story of the Israelites being freed from slavery? The first two chapters, do you know the main characters in all of those chapters are women? They're women. When God saw his people in slavery, and his people crying out for freedom. He says, who will I use? Who will I raise up? Women. I'll raise up my daughters. Because without these girls, as we're going to see in this story, the deliverer never would have come. The solution would have been aborted. The solution would have been murdered. But it was women who prepared the way. So turn in your Bibles to Exodus and chapter one. Are you excited? I'm excited this morning. Praise him. Okay. In Exodus chapter one, oh, I didn't pass on my scriptures, but you got to, oh, come on. Get out of town, man. You're amazing. Look at you. Oh man, these guys in here. Sorry about the bra jokes, team. <laughs> I just realized, sorry, mate. You're all right. <laughs> okay, Exodus and chapter one and verse eight. So there's a little bit of context for us this morning. Eventually a new king came to power in Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. He said to his people, look, the people of Israel now outnumber us and are stronger than we are. We must make a plan to keep them from growing even more. So here we go. The people of God the people of God are, are becoming stronger. 
The people of God are gathering. So the king of the land, the Pharaoh says, I'm going to make a plan to ensure that these people don't grow. And what is his plan? His plan is to one, make them slaves. So the Pharaoh has a plan to number one, he's going to enslave these people. And number two, he's going to ensure that their future is aborted. That's the plan. It's no secret. That's the plan. That's the assignment, is to be enslaved and then to abort your future. That's the plan. That's why freedom is so important. That's why when we come together and you, you get your freedom, it's not just great for you. It's critical for a nation. It is critical that you are free today. It is critical that you have the ability to dream and have vision and see your future. Why? Because the plan to disempower you is simply to enslave you and to abort your future, to enslave you with hopelessness, to enslave you with disappointment, to enslave you with insecurity, to enslave you with the lie that your past is just going to keep being repeated. To enslave you with the lie, I can't do it. To enslave you with those things. And then to ensure that you don't dream. To ensure that you settle. To ensure that you bow down to the fact that, oh, well, I must have missed my chance. But in Jesus' name today, that you would be free. And you would carry. And you would carry and you would be pregnant with a God dream, pregnant with the God desire. So verse 15 says this, then Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, gave this order to the Hebrew midwives, Shifra and Pua. When you help the Hebrew women as they give birth, watch as they deliver. If the baby is a boy, kill him. If it is a girl, let her live. But because the midwives feared God, they refused to obey the king's orders and they allowed the boys to live too. Who's the main, who? Who are the people that God raises? Midwives, women. Not just that, but can we just appreciate this historical book? that was written in a patriarchal society that wouldn't even name the king, but it names the midwives. Oh, God endorses his daughters. God endorses his daughters. The Pharaoh isn't even named. Who cares? He's not important. He's not the important part of the story. The enemy is not the important part of the story. You are, you are, you are the main character in your own story. But for too long, everything else gets an important name. Everything else gets put on a pedestal, but you are the main character in your own story. But he names, God names those midwives. Oh, they are so cool. They are so cool. I'm like, man, God had this feminism thing down. What gap? I use women to restore a nation. Okay, I'm excited about that. So, it says this, uh, when you help the Hebrew women as they give birth, watch as they deliver. If the baby is a boy, kill him. If it's a girl, let her live. The reason why 
the Pharaoh, the king, said to kill the boys is not just because uh, he wanted to stop the reproduction, right? Because he could have killed any gender for that to occur. But it was because men, boys, would have grown up to be men who can fight. Men who could be part of an army. So if we abort these boys, we are going to weaken the fight in this nation. But he didn't know that the women had fight too. Oh, he didn't know. Oh, silly Pharaoh. <laughs> silly, silly enemy. Oh, you didn't know I had fight. Oh, honey, I got fight. Oh, oh, you didn't know I had sass. Oh, I got sass for you, enemy. You just try, just try. Come. Come on now, just come. Oh, you didn't know. Oh, I can praise. Oh, I can praise. Oh, I don't even have to feel like it. I can praise. I don't even need caffeine. I can praise. It may not be literal, but I can praise. I may not be able to string sentences together, but man, my spirit can praise. I love these women. Oh, the enemy didn't know that women could fight. So it says, because the midwives feared God, they refused to obey the king's orders. I love these women. Yeah, yeah, sure, king. Not. <laughs> yeah, whatever you like, Pharaoh. Not. I love that these women knew their assignment is to guard and to guide life. I pray that the spirit of the midwife would arise. I pray in all of us that we would be the kind of women who would be able to guard and guide life. I did a little bit of research on midwives because I've never had any children. So I have no need for a midwife. Uh, midwives, their job is to mediate and oversee the coming of new life. That's your job. To mediate and oversee the coming of new life. That when any threat would dare would dare to bring death or disorder or distraction or division to the coming of new life, I'm sorry, you need to back up. Oh, you need to back up because this is my job. I ensure that new life is going to be born. Midwives would coach women through the pain of labor, praise him, ensuring life is birthed safely, both mama and Bubba, to coach women through the pain of labor. Do you know, I think, young ladies, I think sometimes we've done this. We've been pregnant with the desire, pregnant with expectation, but oh, do you know what? It's a little bit too hard. Oh, there's a, it's really painful. It mustn't be God. So I I, this line, this line. I just don't have peace about it. You tell me what's peaceful about labor. What is peaceful about birthing something new? I just don't have peace about it. But do you know what? I don't even blame you. 
because that's when a midwife should come into play. Because that's what we do. We complain when it's painful. And you're allowed. You've got a baby coming. You want to give up. But that's when a midwife with her instincts, with her knowledge, with her skill, looks at the person next to her and says, I see God on your life. Oh, no, I'm not going to let you give up. There's only one way this happens. you got to push. you got to breathe. The pain is good. The pain is normal. But you've got a God dream in you. And there is no way we're leaving this place. One way this baby comes out. <laughs> there ain't no going back now, honey. The midwife cannot do it for her. He does it, she does it with her. Do you know what needs to stop in New Zealand? The DIY attitude. Do it yourself. Oh, yeah. I see, I see her, she's going through a hard time. Oh, she's going to learn how to pray. And if she doesn't, she's going to learn the hard way. That's not who we are. That's not God's design for women. That when we see girls, when we see other mothers, other women struggling in their faith, they've got a God dream, but it's hard, it's painful. It's hard to even breathe. That's when a midwife says, I'll teach you how to pray. Come on, I'll hold your hand. I'll teach you how to speak in tongues. I'll teach you how to move heaven. I'll teach you how to speak and see God move on your behalf. Come on, girl, you can do it. There's too much, too much. Do it yourself. Learn on your own. Do you know in creation, when God created the planet and he created all things, he said everything was good except for one thing, it's not good for man to be alone. God called everything good except for isolation. Now, we were never called to live alone. There are, there are things that only we can do and only we can walk through, but we were never meant to walk through it on our own. Mr. Keyboard Man with the great smile, come on up. Great smile guy, where are you? Someone called, is he just back there, Fafetai? What's his name? Ben, Ben. Yeah, he's there. He's there, right. No one go running. <laughs> he probably was like, oh, she started talking about bras. I just, I just cannot listen anymore. I just do not want to listen. Wait, just, just play some Jesus music. Thanks, bro. So right now, I just believe there's an assignment right now from heaven that for women here, that actually has been your experience where you have just walked at it alone, just done it on your own. And it doesn't make you any less thankful, but I, I, I think, and I just sense the Holy Spirit saying that there are wounds there, even though you birthed something new. There were wounds because you had to do it alone. And sometimes there's a question in your spirit, where was the pe- where was where was God? Where was the church family? 
Where were my sisters? Where were my friends? Did I really have to do that on my own? God, I'm so thankful for the life, for the dream, for the initiative that I was able to birth. But did I really have to do that alone? Is that what it's gonna be like? Is that the walk of faith, lonely? But right now, I just believe that God wants to come and bring healing to that area. It's not a loneliness that is crippling, but it is a loneliness that is consistent. It doesn't cripple you in your faith, but it's just this lie that just sits there and says, yep, here's another challenge, and you're gonna have to walk this alone like you've had to with all of the other challenges. And it's, that's just the way it is. But I believe heaven wants to undo that lie. I think it's a lie that we have embraced and it is that lie that actually means we cannot push forward past a particular boundary because past a particular boundary, we legitimately can't do it on our own. But because we believe we have to, we just stay. But God wants to push you beyond that to say, come on, there's more, there's more, there's more. So right now, if you just close your eyes right now, and if that's you, just in this moment, would you be brave? Would you be courageous? And if that's you, would you just respond right now? And would you stand to your feet? And I just believe heaven is gonna come and just undo those things, undo that lie. Thank you, Jesus. For some of you, you have even said things like, actually, leadership is lonely. And I wanna, in Jesus' name, just declare that heaven wants to undo that. And that today you would embrace, you would embrace that heaven is gonna come. And I speak this prophetically, that heaven is gonna come and is gonna bring midwives alongside you who aren't just gonna point out problems and say, this is what you need to do, but they're gonna walk with you. And in Jesus' name, that you would embrace what it is to do life with, 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 with other women. And I just, I just speak that, man, this wound comes not for, just from not having other women walk with you. So if that's you, just lift your hands if you're responding. Father, right now, in this moment of vulnerability, Father, we reject the lie of loneliness. We reject it now in Jesus' name. And right now we embrace, we embrace the truth that says we were made, we were created for sisterhood. We were made to look after, but also to be looked after. We were created not to do it on our own, but to do it with 
So Father, for every heart that has responded, I pray divine companionship in the name of Jesus. I pray midwives would come alongside and would walk with and would encourage and would teach you. Here it is. Just teach you how to breathe. To breathe again. To inhale and to exhale the Spirit of God and to birth something new. So Father, I thank Holy Spirit, just come. Holy Spirit, come now and embrace the hearts of your daughters once again. Lord, let your embrace be tangible this morning, tangible and felt. Let hearts be softened. Our loneliness has hardened some areas. Let it be softened now in Jesus' name. Oh, I know it's scary, but just allow your heart to be softened now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, you can take your seats. Hey, that's a lot of you. I closed my eyes. I closed my eyes. There were like four people that stood. There's so much more. Um, can I just say this? Let this, let this be a sisterhood of women that ensure no one has to walk alone. I can't walk it for you, but you don't have to walk that alone. Can we ensure that that happens? Do you know these midwives, Shifra and Pua, they didn't have their own babies. But after they ensured the delivery of, of, of life and of babies into a nation, verse 21 says, because the midwives feared God, He gave them families of their own. They didn't miss out. Perhaps these women were broken because they couldn't have their own babies. Perhaps it was their dream to raise children. But even though they couldn't or they didn't, they didn't let that stop them from loving and helping other women. And when they did that, God gave them families of their own. Can I say, you don't have to have it all together to help each other. You really don't. Come on, all we need is someone to hold our hand and say, breathe. Someone to say, now that you're pregnant, you probably need to change your diet. Stop feeding on that terrible attitude. Stop feeding on that lie. That, that thing will abort your child. That thing is dangerous for the dream. You need to feed on the Spirit of God, and I'll show you how. I'll show you, I'll show you how you can whet your appetite for the Spirit of God. I do not have it all together, but that I can show you how to do. We gotta move on, I'll praise Him. Pastor Christy and Trina, it's getting out of control. We gotta move on really quickly. Because the rest of this, the rest of these chapters, the rest of these two chapters speaks of two other incredible women. And these are roles that I think are incredibly important but I think there are roles that need to be almost redefined or sh a paradigm shift in our mind because who thought midwives were so important? Moses delivered a nation, but it was his mother that delivered him and the midwives that allowed the delivery. Who would have thought midwives were so important? Oh, they are. And so second, in, in Exodus chapter two and verse one, 
About this time, a man and a woman of the tribe of Levi got married. The woman became pregnant. She gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby. I'm pretty sure all mamas do. He was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she got a basket made of papyrus reeds and waterproofed it with tar and pitch. She put the baby in the basket and laid it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile River. I think we need to embrace what it is to be a midwife, but I also, we, I also think we need to embrace what it is to be a mother. Because I love this mama. In Hebrews 11, 23, this mama is mentioned again. And it, is, it, is, it says that because, because it was by faith, it was by faith that this woman moved and made decisions like she did. It was by faith that they saw God had given them a special child and they were not afraid. They were not afraid. They were not afraid. It was by faith they were not afraid. It was by faith they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. It was by faith. It was by faith that she defied the enemy. It was by faith, not by fear, not by, I guess this is what cute Christians have to do. No, because you can turn up to church just by fear, because if I don't turn up to church, um, uh, um, I'm gonna get in trouble for not turning up to church. And Chrissy's gonna notice that I'm not here and then she's gonna ask questions that I don't wanna answer. Or we can turn up to church by faith by faith. It was by faith that she said, I'm defying the King's command. Come on, it's by faith. Do you know at this very moment, excuse me if I break down. Do you know at this very moment, my husband is in hospital. On Friday morning, I wake up yesterday morning, I'm looking for my husband, where's he? <laughs> I didn't banish him. <laughs> Not because he's like, you know, because he snores. So I'm like, oh my gosh, please, can you sleep in another room? Anyway, um, I woke up and he wasn't there. And I'm like, man, where is he? Pick up my phone. And he, um, he's texted me. Hey, Dad, I know you got a big weekend ahead, so I didn't want to wake you. I wanted you to sleep, but I can't breathe. <laughs> and I drove myself to the hospital. <laughs> and I'm furious. I'm like, freaking Benjamin. Not you. And so I like pack my suitcase and like calling around because he drove the car. I'm like, someone give me their car. <laughs> so I got a car, I used the neighbor's car and I drove to the hospital. I was like, Benjamin Greenwood, gritted teeth. Are you all right? Okay. Do you know, and the thought came into my head, what does a wife do? Should a wife stay home? And should a wife look after her husband? That's what a wife should do. But by faith, but by faith, because we do not operate by fear, because I don't care what culture says I should do, 
I do not care. I care. Come on, by faith, God, what are you doing? Do not get me wrong. I sat in that hospital room and I said, God, you got to show me, God, because if you want me to stay, I'll stay. But if you want me to go, I'll go. I just need to know. I need to move in faith now, God. And he gave me a picture and I said, okay, God, baby, I'm going to get you your phone charger, then I'm going to leave. I'm going to call all your friends when I'm on the plane to come and keep you company. And then I'm going to go by faith. And we recognized, we recognized the assignment of the enemy. We recognize it for what it is. And we defy it in the name of Jesus. Come on, we need mothers like that. Do you know what she did? She prepared by faith. She prepared a space where she could put the solution, the delivery, the, sorry, the deliverer, the dream. She prepared by faith a space. She created a space where the answer might be delivered. Come on, by faith, we gotta prepare a space. But what are we doing by gathering things for women's refuge? We're preparing a space. Who knows what question a woman might ask? Where did this come from? Well, there was a women's conference. Equip her. What? That's amazing. You might want to check out that equippers. Come on, you don't know, but by faith. But by faith, we create a space. But by faith, come on, we've got to see. I think we need mamas who can see because it is by the, the level of our expectation that we prepare something. Come on, this mama saw her baby and says, oh, this child, this child is something different. So what does she do? By faith, she prepares a space for this child to live. Last thing, oh yeah, you know for this one, oh praise Him. It was by her faith that she created space, but fear would suffocate. What were the other mothers doing in the land? Throwing their babies into the Nile. Did this mother do that? Yes, she did. But what does she do first? By faith. By faith. I'm going to prepare a space. By faith. I can't change the decree of the Pharaoh. But by faith, I can create a space for this life to live. In Jesus' name. Lastly, I love this one. We need the spirit of the midwife. And we need the spirit. And we need to embrace the spirit of a faith-filled mama. And lastly the spirit of Miriam. In Exodus 4, I won't read it, but Moses' mom, she puts Miriam in the Nile, and, sorry, Moses in the, in the Nile, and Miriam, commentary say she's between 10 and 12 years old, and she sees her little brother in the Nile, and she's, what's gonna happen? <laughs> you know, she should have been at home, probably consoling her mother, truly. She should have been at home looking after her mum, her mother crying. That's what she should have been doing. But what was she doing? What on earth is going on here? Why did my mum do that? This kid must be special. I'm just gonna follow this kid. So she follows. And then it says that the Pharaoh's daughter took pity on the baby. And in verse seven, 
it says this, then the baby's sister, who's Miriam, approached the princess. Who is this child? (laughs) Who is this 10-year-old girl that just approaches the princess? Who is this Hebrew who would even dare to talk to an authority of the land? Come on, where the heck did Miriam learn that from? Her mama? Where did Miriam learn that from? All of the other midwives? What's going on in Miriam's mind? Isn't this what women do? There's this 12-year-old girl going, isn't this what we're supposed to do? Aren't we supposed to? Aren't we supposed to save the world? Aren't we supposed to be an answer? Aren't we supposed to be bold enough that we can say to an authority of the land, I've got an answer for you. And at the same time, I've got an answer for my mama. And at the same time, this could be the answer for a nation. I love this, Miriam. Girl, God says for days. She's like, yeah, I've got an answer. I'll, I'll get you a witness. Mom, I'm so gonna be the favorite child right now. You wouldn't believe what's gonna happen. Do you know the, the Pharaoh's daughter paid her mom, paid Moses' mom to look after the baby? Imagine if mamas just got paid for being mamas. That's what a mama's faith will do though. A mama's faith would ensure that resource will come from the most unlikely places. The most unlikely places from the Nile River, from the Pharaoh's daughter. It was a mother's faith that created space that says I can have my dream. Not only that, but I can be so much, I can be blessed with this dream. But Miriam, oh Miriam. Jewish tradition says that Pharaoh's daughter was childless. It also says that Miriam, though she was young, she was not silly. Though she was young, she was not silly. That Miriam knew the political climate of the land. She knew the history of her people. She had heard the prophecies that God would set a nation free, their nation free. She knew the social hierarchy. She knew the rules, but still she approached the princess. Come on, we need the spirit of Miriam that says, I know the political climate. I know the social hierarchy. I know the history, but I see the future. And this opportunity now where the princess is in front of me, this is not an opportunity. This is now my obligation. Come on, we need Miriams. Oh, we need Miriams who aren't just gonna explain a problem, but to bring an answer. Come on, I am tired. I am tired of people explaining problems. 4,500 different ways on Facebook but you ain't got no answers. Can I just say, it's really important to have a dialogue about the issues. But can I also say, it's really important that we also carry the answer and we carry it confidently and we articulate it and we're clever with it and we're strategic just like Miriam was. I think this is a spirit that needs to be embraced. Come on, women, you have the answer. You have it in you. And you can say, oh, I know how to deal with this issue. 
in Jesus' name. Do you know the next time Miriam is mentioned in the book of Exodus, she's mentioned in Exodus 15 and verse 20 as a prophet to the nation. Oh, this girl ain't no joke. In Micah 6 verse 4, when God speaks to the Israelites, He says, for I brought you out of Egypt and I redeemed you from slavery. I sent Moses, Aaron, and Miriam to help you. Not just Moses, not just Aaron, but I sent Miriam, the spirit of Miriam as a gift. It was the midwife, it was the mother, and it was Miriam that ensured the delivery of a nation. That's our job. That's our job. In Jesus' name, stand to your feet. Oh, we've got to finish up right now. Do you know I I have preached this message one or two other times? I'm just going to grab this. Sweating grossly, right? Do you know uh, I've I've never been so sure um, about, I, I wrote this message, especially for Equip Her. Um, and I've never been so sure about this message than in this location because I truly believe there's something on the women here in this region that can really empower the rest of the nation. And I want to say all the way from Auckland, well, honey, we need you. We need you to be empowered. This nation needs you to understand that though you might be broken, you still have the answer. That even while you may be enslaved, you still have the ability to deliver the deliverer. In Jesus' name, would you lift your hands? Father, I thank you for each and every one of these women. And I pray, God, that in this place, your spirit would pour out and begin, Father. Oh, let these women dream, 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 dream again. There are women here and you stopped dreaming. If that's you, you need to lift your hand because God's gonna drop a dream of the divine into your spirit. It's been hard for you to dream past what you can see and past what you have experienced. But right now, if that's you, come on, lift your hands high. God's gonna drop the divine dream. God's gonna drop the divine answer. God's gonna, God's gonna right now ensure that your spirit is pregnant with the divine. So Father, right now, where these women have been blinded, where their faith has been stunted, where fear has come in perhaps to abort the dream, I pray dreamers arise in the name of Jesus, that these women would be dreamers who would see beyond the current circumstance or who would see the circumstance and say, I carry the answer. In Jesus' name, I pray. Divine initiatives, divine initiatives to social issues that have been around for decades. In Jesus' name, these women, these dreamers are gonna open ancient doors to answers. Father, that this city needs, that this region needs. I can see schools right now, education right now, opening up with new curriculum that you wrote 
In Jesus' name, I pray that these women would be uh, women who initiate curriculum and education. They would be taught in Jesus. Come on, if that's you, if you're in education right now, would you just lift your hands? If you're a teacher, if you're in education, come on, I wanna pray. Come on, divine curriculum in the name of Jesus. Divine approaches to teaching, kingdom teaching. You are gonna raise kingdom kids and they aren't even gonna know it. But when they hear the gospel, because of your curriculum, something's gonna click and they're gonna respond in the name of Jesus. Come on, divine curriculum in the name of Jesus that will be answers to social issues. We thank you, God. And right now, I just wanna pray for one more thing. And I wanna pray for the voices of Miriam to be restored. Come on, Miriams. There are some of you who know you have the answer, but it's like you can't articulate it. It's like experience has silenced you. You went to go and be an answer, but then you were silenced. But right now, I just believe heaven will shift on your behalf as you begin to open your mouth by faith and say, you know what? I can be a part of the solution. So right now, for those of you who feel like your voice has been silenced, your faith voice, your God voice, right now, I wanna pray for the return of your divine voice. So if that's you, come on, lift your hands high. Your divine voice to return. Divine voice. And just... Tanya Pohio, the Holy Spirit is just all over you right now. And I just speak over your life. You are gonna know what it is to speak into desolate desperateness and to see in an instant life spring up that the enemy has had an assignment on your voice. And that is because your voice is lethal to the kingdom of darkness. You have a lethal prophetic voice. And right now, I release the prophetess. I release the Miriam. I release the one that says, I've got a song of deliverance. I've got a song of healing. I've got a song of freedom. And I'm gonna sing it over the enslaved. I'm gonna sing it over myself. We release the prophet of heaven to arise and to speak and to sing in the name of Jesus. Let the spirit of Miriam just arise. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we thank you, Father, for all you are doing. I thank you, you are empowering women. And I pray right now, here's what I'm gonna do to finish. Right now, I'm gonna pray. Let's pray together. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to drop the name of a woman in our life, a woman in our life that we can get alongside. A woman that we can say, do you know what? I'll walk with you. Come on, close your eyes and say, come on, Holy Spirit, who can I get alongside? And when you have that person's face or that person's name, why don't you just lift your hands? And why don't you right now stand in the gap for them? Why don't you lift them up? to Jesus. Why don't you say, God, God, break through on her behalf. God, speak to her right now. God, break through for her right now. 
Come on, why don't you pray for her? Oh, would you contend for her? Would you contend for the God dream in her belly? Would you contend for the faith in her spirit? Would you declare that the enemy will no longer have his way? Would you declare it this morning? Would you declare, would you ask God for the divine strategy to unlock heaven in her life? Maybe you've been knocking, maybe you've been trying, but right now, God, would you ask for the divine strategy to unlock heaven? Would you say, God, download to me right now from heaven what I can do to encourage, what I can do to love in Jesus' name.